1: There is so much happening right now in Ukraine, and it has been uh, incredibly sad to witness what is happening. And I just got a briefing uh, from a individual in the Ukraine, and I put this up on social media. Some of you may have seen this. There are pictures of combat-like uh, tanks of Russian soldiers running over innocent civilians, in their cars for sport. This is what is happening in Ukraine. Now, a quick reminder, if you're listening to this podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe or auto download button and tell your friends about this podcast. Share this on social media. and If you would, write us a five-star review to help us as Democrats have been attacking our podcast recently with bad reviews. Now, we are witnessing children who are now Um, dying because they are being taken away from the NICU units and the hospitals. There have been children in schools that have been targeted by Russia. There was Snake Island where 13 brave Ukrainian soldiers told Russia to go blank themselves before they were all killed by a Russian ship. We are seeing Russian planes indiscriminately bombing areas of Ukraine and Kiev that are not strategic for the country just to kill innocent people. We are witnessing the decimation of Ukraine, and it is very clear that Vladimir Putin is working on a very different timeline. It's usually, traditionally, that Russia strategically will surround a place and and choke them off from supplies and goods so they surrender so that there's uh, not as many people that are killed, including their own soldiers. Vladimir Putin is, is right now acting on an extremely different timeline. Uh, it's an unbelievably different timeline. Hillary Clinton today um, said any Republican with a common sense should help defend Ukraine against Putin. We are wanting to defend Ukraine. You are the ones that have refused to give them the weaponry needed. You are the ones that refused when you were the Secretary of State to give them the weapons they need to fight back. We had today the former President of Ukraine on the streets holding up a weapon, choking back tears, knowing there's a very good chance he is going to die for his country because he has 300 citizens. They have declared martial law. They're taking 14, 15-year-olds up to six year olds and giving them weapons. You want to know, I I tweeted this out earlier because I think it's such an important point. Occupy Democrats, hardcore Democratic group, Occupy Democrats, tweeted out uh, in June of 2016, this tweet, and I want you to think about what I'm about to read to you. And this is the mindset of the Democratic Party. Hillary Clinton, who's on TV today. Joe Biden, who's not on TV today. And others. Occupy Democrats in 2016 said, quote, no civilian needs an AR-15 regardless of whatever mental gymnastics you do you are a very special breed of stupid. Occupy Democrats now acting like they're wanting to stand up for the people in Ukraine tweeted out this morning Ukraine's interior minister announced that 10,000 automatic rifles have been handed out to the civilians of Kiev as they prepare to fight tooth and nail to defend their homes against Putin's invasion. Occupied Democrats then goes on his right, retweet if you stand with the brave Ukrainian people. The same Democrats that said there's no way you're delusional, your mental gymnastics that you pull, no one needs an AR-15, is now advocating, supporting, and, ex- and being excited about 10,000 automatic weapons being handed out to people to fight Russia. There are a lot of people that are going to die, and there are people while we're doing this right now that are dying and suffering. Senator Tom Cotton came out today saying Biden needs to stop pussyfooting around. His sanctions have been wholly inadequate. Ukraine doesn't have a month to wait to see if sanctions will deter Putin. It's very clear. And these sanctions are not going to work. And there is a, there is a psychotic nature to the change in the actions of Vladimir Putin and the fact that he's allowing his military for sport now to run over innocent civilians in their tanks and their armored vehicles. Caught on camera. You can watch this. It's up on my social media platforms. Grab it. This is what happens when strong countries are weak. This is what happens when strong countries do not stand up. This is what happens when America loses the brave men that should be fighting and making sure that people can fight and stand up to people like Vladimir Putin. Joe Biden said in 2019, something that I want to play for you now, because I think it's very important for you to understand. This is Joe Biden in 2019.
2: Folks, you hear the news. Once again, Putin and the Russians are trying to engage in our elections and decide who the president's going to be. And this time, I'm the object of their attention. Because Putin knows if I am president of the United States, his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. I'm going to stand up to him. He's a bully, just like the president. And I know he doesn't want me to be president, but to tell you what, when I'm president, things are going to change. Mr. Putin, the American people decide their elections, not you. Chip in a dollar, $5, $10.
1: Raising money off of saying he was going to stand up to Putin. I'm not going to. The days of tyranny and trying to intimidate are over. If I'm president, Vladimir Putin will pay. How's that working out for you? We are going to have a very long conversation today with a lot of people that are incredibly brilliant minds on Ukraine. And we have been grabbing these conversations uh, all throughout the morning, afternoon, with the news that's breaking. And I'm going to put them together for you now Uh, many of my guests are people that have fought for this country, that defend this country, that have worked in the Reagan administration, the Bush administration, members of Congress. And we are going to give all that to you right now. Look, and, you had, and, and let me at least introduce you. First, no, right? Kurt, you, you got
3: this. Everybody knows I'm Kurt Schlichter, senior economist at Town Hall, retired United States Army Colonel, and the author of the forthcoming book. We'll be back.
1: I, I, I go back to, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I go back to what I was saying to you a moment ago. You're seeing what and witnessing what's happened in Ukraine. Yes. Give me your overall viewpoint. We have a president right now that is clearly not doing anything to stop them. We have uh, a White House that's actually undermined saying that they'll keep working with Zelensky as long as he's the legitimate leader oh, in Ukraine. That just came yeah, out. Did it, 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 really? That's what they said. Look, it, they did said they, as long as I want to make sure that I'm very clear about this. I, in the last I, segment, it, it came out. The White House said on the record on the world stage, because it's no longer national TV, it's international. Putin, watch this. We will continue to work with Zelensky as long as he's the legitimate you just killed him. You just killed him. we uh, were we, we over-exaggerating.
3: No, no. no uh, we will continue to work with Charles de Gaulle until the Vichy government, you know, really takes charge.
1: Right. I, 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 I'm staggered. And for people that are young, that would be in Paris. But continue. I am uh,
3: staggered. It, it is if they con- uh, convened a council of renowned morons to come up with the worst possible courses of action and then said, yeah, these are bad, but you can do worse. Go back. Bring me worse ideas. I mean, I, I, I this is insane. Minor incursion.
1: Yeah. Legitimate. We're okay as long as it's a minor incursion. Now, if it's a major incursion, you're screwed. But if it's a minor incursion, a minor we're okay incursion. With it. I, <laughs> I, I, what do you say about people who are so
3: ignorant of history? What do you say about people who are so strategically inept? Uh, I. I, I'm, I'm staggered.
1: You know, you served your country. You do know, and, and we were, you know, joking earlier, but you know military. You're, you're a former colonel. You understand if you're in the military right now and you're witnessing this, I think everybody genuinely understands, and, and we have a fatigue in this country for war. Yes. We do. No, we do. I but agree. you also have a superpower, and somebody criticized me yesterday because I said that Russia is a superpower. Tell me why they're not. Well, it's they've China got a, and Russia, but they, but, but uh, I'm talking about when I say power, I'm talking about militarily threat to the world, and and Vladimir Putin threatened us, NATO, and the entire world, and anyone that steps in, and whatever they want to do right now in Ukraine and possibly beyond with nuclear, a nuclear attack. They've got eight thousand
3: nuclear weapons. They have the most nuclear weapons uh, uh, in active service of any. So country. so if you have so eight thousand
1: from a, a military standpoint, I'm talking about destruction of the world. In yeah. my opinion, he they are a superpower.
3: No, they, they they are, and we should treat them that way. They are not a conventional superpower anymore. Um, the forces that they've used uh, have, have been performing not quite as well as
1: I expected, frankly. Uh, but they, they still seem to be but I performing think he, adequately. Here's the thing about Russia, and, and you, again, you may disagree with me. What this seems to be is almost like Gulf War 2.0 in a weird way. Soften them up, have the people leave. And let's make sure that the Russian people don't see a Russian soldier body bags coming back. It's almost like they're trying to go in in a way that is like, we'll just beat them down. Yeah. And, and make sure we don't have body bags. Because if we do, that can inspire people to stand up and fight against us. I mean, you heard about the soldiers yesterday. They blew off the, uh, off that island they yes. were defending. And, and they said, put down your weapons. And I'm going to paraphrase this, but this is not a joke. This is real. It's been verified. Yeah. You had, I think it was uh, 12, 13, 13. 13 guys on this small basically yeah. Lighthouse Snake Island. Island, Snake Island. It's like, imagine like a, a, a lighthouse. Yeah. And the Russians came on them, which is, you didn't need it, why would this happen? And this is, just shows you Russia right now in their mentality, and they told them, put down your arms, we're gonna kill you. And the radio transmission back was basically F, literally F Yes. And then they killed them. Look, I, I've worked with Ukrainians. I deployed with a,
3: uh, a part of multinational brigade East in uh, Kosovo was a Polish Ukrainian battalion. I went to Ukraine four times to train Ukrainians. And um, they are tough dudes, and they are, uh, they are not afraid of hardship, okay? They, they have that kind of uh, Eastern European attitude where, well, we're all going to die, but I'm going to hurt you first. Um, they, they, I, I, look, their formations are going to be smashed by the Russian advance. That's what the Russian armor is supposed to do. They'll go into disarray, and then the guerrilla stuff will start. Remember, Stalin had to fight for 10 years after retaking Ukraine until 1955 against anti-communist guerrillas, 10 years.
1: Going to bring in Bobby Charles. He's uh, a good friend of mine. We were having dinner last night. He is uh, former undersecretary under Colin Powell, uh, a man that served in the Reagan and Bush White House. I also have my good friend Kurt across from me as well. Uh, I'm going to your, your, your last name. If we could just change it, make my life a lot easier. Slickter, Slickter. It's just hard. I don't. It just Slickter. It's it looks weird. Have you asked me weird. how to pronounce it like nine hundred times. times? It'll never end. I'm sorry. Uh, Kurt's here as well. I want to go, Bobby, to you real quick. Kiev mayor has just issued a dire a warning and an update that the Russian troops are closing in and they are bombing the hell out of uh, Kiev right now. And they are coming. We're seeing the videos coming in right now. Uh, and they're now saying that the bodies are also um, adding up. People are dying. There are, there are shots being fired in the street. There is close combat from what we understand here. This is not the way that traditionally and i think both of you would agree and i'll go to bobby you first that that russia would normally fight this which is that x factor now is it's almost like vladimir putin's operating on a different timeline than what you would be doing if you were playing the long game here or wanting to take over ukraine in a semi-orderly fashion this is a full-out like war and he's okay with killing and massacring a lot of people
4: yeah, this is a very disturbing uh, moment both in modern history and in and for europe uh, this is already the largest conflict since world war ii um, in terms of this particular engagement as you just pointed out if the purpose it was to bring a stable ukraine into the orbit of a uh, former superpower uh, russia and and kind of along the lines of the messianistic kind of uh, historically tied you know, warm water port and all that you wouldn't destroy one of the oldest cities on the planet. Um, It's a strange turn. It
1: doesn't make sense to destroy a city, and that's the part we were all talking about during the break here is... Um. This is a historic city.
4: It is so. Just for what it's worth, people don't know. Now they're respelling Kiev in a different way, but people don't know how historic and significant Kiev is. If you go back to the history of mankind and the history of Christianity, or just Google, for example, Mosorsky's very a very famous composer, like Tchaikovsky, another Russian composer. Uh, if you if you if you if you google his uh... pictures at exhibition one of the most poignant makes people cry one of those powerful powerful pieces of music uh... involves the bells of kiev uh, why because kiev was the in some ways the gates to christianity in the north uh... out of jerusalem so you're you're seeing someone who claims that he's defending the russian people but the people's heritage the broader uh... imperial heritage really involves uh... it does involve ukraine uh, elements of ukraine and certainly kiev in the sense that it's a respected city and and it's a very it's a very historic city and now they i mean i i just read reports this morning early that there are a couple of hundred dead and that you have and the that, ukrainian that, president
1: Zelensky is now confirmed and this was as an hour ago so the number i'm sure is much higher now 137 ukrainians have been confirmed killed more than 300 wounded on day one they are saying now that number is rising uh, and this at the same time while putin said he's quote prepared to negotiate with ukrainian officials and and i mentioned this during the break it, it, something else that just came out is we just basically killed Zelensky as a country by saying we'll keep working with Zelensky as long as he's the legitimate leader of Ukraine. Ugh. He's done. Yeah, I think the. He, I mean, he's. D- it- I, 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 I'm, I'm animated and I'm mad, Bobby. And you've seen this for a long yeah. time. So, mm-hmm. you, you worked with Reagan Bush. I can't imagine that statement coming out from any other president's White House saying. We'll work with our ally until you guys can, kill him. Can you imagine George
3: Schultz uttering that kind of uh, uh, nonsense? It, it, it's it, we have an. You never say that. You we never have an, say that. We have an ahistorical, essentially unserious administration. Okay. You know the Reagan guys. That was full of guys who who fought in the Pacific in World War II, like Absolutely. George Schultz, uh, guys. Bill
4: Casey. Bill
3: Casey. <laughs> Bill Casey uh, OSS. Uh, I mean, uh, I, yeah. Jim Baker was a Marine, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these were serious men with a serious background. you got Colin Powell. Yes. And I, 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 I've i got some issues with his politics. I don't have any issues with him as a military leader. That's right. Um, uh, and I, I I, was there in Desert Storm 31 years ago. Yep. I remember, we're going to cut him off and we're going to kill him. Yep. Okay. This. And, and what do we have now? Gen. Saki, Tony Blinken, yeah. General Austin, who's never won a war.
1: Well, just look at Tony Blinken. Where did he come from? No one yeah, knew well, that guy. Yeah, no, he wasn't listen, on, he so wasn't I, on I went, any list.
4: Yeah, so I went to law school with Tony. I know Tony very well. And the sad part about it is that it's almost what you're describing is sort of a the triumph of politics and amateurism. Instead of having the people, we always thought if you if you ran a company or if you ran a, a bureau or a department or you ran a division, right. you want the best possible field commanders you can have. Yes. You want if, if somebody knows more than me, I am very happy that they know more than me because Absolutely. I'm going to. Put them in charge of whatever it is they know a lot about and i don't this administration is the exact reverse from the top from the very top to the bottom you have a combination of incompetence arrogance and ignorance and the result is you get things like afghanistan and the disaster there what i'm what i'm really i'm concerned that what this administration keeps doing and it's happening with ukraine and russia and china is that there it's like it's like they're on time delay and they play the game after three moves have been made by the opponent and then they decide they're going to do something this is it, it's an incompetent way to manage any conflict and the concern right now is what you're seeing is the op tempo in my view if yeah. just just people can just look online right now and there's plenty in the public space the opt tempo of what's happening is happening at, like, the rate of speed of what happened in 1938, when Hitler goes into the Sudetenland, everybody backs off, they do minimal things, they claim this is just it, and the next thing you know, another country falls, and then another country falls. What happens? I,
1: I am fully convinced at this point that this, and I say it, it, it because I, I believe it, I think that Vladimir Putin is is operating off a different timeline, a different watch, uh, a different set of metrics than the rest of the world is right now, and this is abnormal for him. Yeah. He has always played the waiting game well. He has always played the the hit-pause game well. And, and, you know, even Putin just came out 30 minutes ago and said he's, quote, prepared to negotiate with Ukrainian officials as he's murdering innocent people and and, and bombing the hell out of of the, the capital, a historic city.
5: This, he, this is
1: not he, rational behavior. It well, reminds me I, so much in history of a guy by the name of Adolf Hitler. Well, look,
3: I, I I'm not sure it's irrational because he seems to be getting everything he wants. He's inside our decision loop. Yes, he is. I mean, I mean, way inside. I don't even think we have a decision cycle, frankly. Right? Well, like,
4: said, yeah, go ahead.
3: You yeah. you you look at this, and I, you know, I'm I'm just a simple war college grad. I'm just a, some colonel, and I'm looking at this, I, and, and I'm staggered. Yeah. At the, at the absolute incompetence. Now, I when I trained Ukraine four times, uh, they are very tough little guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do not think like we do. Uh, I I I think that uh, Putin might be biting off more than he can chew if he devastates Ukraine, uh, Kiev, and tries to take it. You remember Grozny? You remember Stalingrad? I do. These are guys who. Uh, I don't, uh, especially if you get the rural ones, are not going to back off an inch.
4: You know, I, to, to validate you uh, m- even more on that, you know, people had said to me a few weeks ago, do you think an insurgency would rise up? And I said, as long as they're not, you know, destroying the whole country, no. <coughs> but very minimal. But this is not, because this is not Afghanistan. But this is very different. What you're describing, I, I, I think, is absolutely right. I think you have a, a situation here where you could see the blood feud created here that lasts a hundred years and it's going to be bad
1: yeah john kerry member of our government says you should be concerned about climate change and that is the number one issue right now that vladimir putin is understand that what he's doing right now is a problem with climate well allow me
4: to say if i can ben that uh, bobby
1: charles the voice you're hearing right now kurt Schlichter, Schlichter, whatever, however it works. Allow me He's going to gonna say, kill me. Allow There's me also to... the other voice, so say hello to people. And, and your your microphone's falling over again.
4: Yeah, for absolute sure, uh, Putin is changing the climate in Kiev and uh, and the climate all over Ukraine. Yes. So point being, I, I'm, I'm being mildly facetious here. He's destroying uh, the better part of a very ancient uh, uh, country's culture. So let's yeah let's worry a little more about the climate that's being changed by uh, major artillery and and tanks and, and not worry about whether or not you know the sun is going to shine tomorrow. The,
3: the problem this. is we have an essentially unserious
1: government right.
2: Now. Yeah, you're right. All right, and, and, and that includes I wanna, the I, Pentagon. Unfortunately, I want
1: to play you this yep. audio from Kerry that has now gone viral. All right, listen to this. I want to get your reaction.
2: I'm very concerned about I'm concerned about Ukraine because of the people of Ukraine and because of the principles that are at risk. Uh, in terms of international law and trying to change boundaries of international law by force uh, I thought we lived in a world that had said no to that kind of activity and I hope diplomacy will win but massive uh, emissions consequences to the war but equally importantly you're going to lose people's focus you're going to lose certainly big country attention because they will be diverted and, and uh, I think it could have a damaging impact. So, you know, I think hopefully President Putin would realize that in the northern part of his country, they used to live on 66% of a nation that was over frozen land. Now it's thawing. And his infrastructure is at risk. And the people of Russia are at risk. And so I hope President Putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate. You know, For the honest. climate yeah.
1: this, this is t- not a spoof this is not this a is embarrassing lie. this is a leader in the United States of America oh, speaking on behalf of the administration doing an interview that Vladimir Putin and he's are wanting to tell Putin hey you need to think about the climate because you got a bunch of water that could or ice that could turn to water well it and I can't even believe I'm having this conversation but I will say this and we'll move on if this is true okay and he has to worry about the ice melting and his people being flooded out all the more reason to take ukraine because you need more land to put those people i, I just i, I listened listen to this
3: unserious frankly childish nonsense this bizarre pagan climate religion the, this is like running the, you know, the world from mr hines and i i i i don't know what to say there are people dying right now and this clown is catering to the bizarre pagan notions of Marin County and and the faculty lounge. But we're,
1: we're, this isn't Alex. This I'm is the part staggered. that scares me. This isn't an Alex Jones of the uh, of the of the, the left. Yeah. This is a this is a former nominee. Mm-hmm. Yes, for the Democratic Party, a guy that almost won the White House Thank and a God guy that has a that. very serious job in this administration.
4: So the truth is that you know life is not a Saturday Night Live skit. Um, it, it has life and death consequences and whether or not you know the Russian tanks run on ethanol is really not important. The, the, the point that we need to understand is that this is an historic inflection point. Many times in history, you look back and you say, gosh, I really didn't realize that was the wave on which the tide turned. I just thought it was another wave. And at this moment, I mean, my greatest concern, it, it dis- it's very disturbing to see disunity among those allies that have always represented Western values, to see a sense of almost like passivity toward something that is clearly getting out of control. This is like the Magnus effect when a missile spins out of control. This is this is spinning toward out of control, and th- and you have to have rational leadership step up. Where's the Ronald Reagan? Where's the where's the the Theodore Roosevelt? Where's the George Herbert Walker Bush or the Colin Powell in our no, world? I,
1: I wish we had a Helmut Schultz. Well, well we, we, sure, we Schultz. do have Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton has just gotten off TV. Yeah, which, which side is she on? On MSNBC. I want you to listen to what she just said. Oh, God.
2: Uh, we are not enemies. All right, joining us now, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Uh, it's very good to have you joining us this morning during this difficult time.
4: Um I first want to ask you what you think of President Biden's response so far in terms of getting collaboration from our allies, as well as messaging the strategy to the nation.
5: Well, Mika, I think that it has been um, well uh, executed. Uh, There is no doubt that we were not in a position just a
1: few years ago to rally anybody. And now, with uh, President Biden rallying uh, NATO, rallying uh, not only Western Europe and Eastern Europe, but far beyond those borders, to understand the very real threat that Vladimir Putin poses, uh, and then to begin mm-hmm. imposing sanctions that will ratchet up. Uh, and I think that is exactly what he should be doing. <clears throat> There so, it is, Hillary uh, Clinton now, and you can even hear from Merca there on MSNBC. I'm not even sure she could believe the response from Hillary Clinton praising Joe Biden for his response to Ukraine, saying it and a, a, exact quote. You may have missed this. It has been well executed. Yeah, uh,
4: all I can tell that's you that's just
1: not that's delusional. Yeah. If
4: I if I could just close out my little segment of this, just by saying that sometimes history is is the greatest uh, guide to what the future is it doesn't ever repeat itself perfectly but I, i'm reminded of, um, of um, Burke, uh... and his famous statement that all it takes for evil to prevail is for good people to do nothing and this administration is the living embodiment in afghanistan uh, all over the world in response to china uh... and now with ukraine of essentially not only bungling things but uh, making fundamentally wrong decisions and non decisions that have dramatic consequential life-and-death impact and and the problem is if you had had genuine leadership putin would never have done this he would have backed away he would have understood that our lines that we draw in the sand are real uh, and and we're not doing that We're we, we see it's it's just almost like uh, you know there, there's an old phrase of strength upon strength build strength well this is like weakness upon weakness creates weakness and and it's inviting all of our bad guys look the next thing that's going to happen and i'm sorry to say it is as putin distracts the world and goes forward and uh... maybe goes beyond ukraine looks at other parts of his periphery and becomes much more aggressive in georgia and other parts of his periphery you know uh, china's also going to look straight on at this and say this is our moment let's get the sakhalin island let's get the spratleys let's get taiwan so (coughs) i'll just leave you with this ben it's a consequential moment leaders are both born and 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 non leaders are destroyed in consequential moments and we need to have leadership at the federal level at the state level every candidate out there we're at cpac today you see a lot of these young candidates who are determined basically to say pedal to the metal and we got we got to get back to being america i pray and hope that a lot of them are are winners Uh, i want
1: to break one more piece of news before you walk away and i need you for 90 more seconds uh former president of ukraine Poroshenko was seen on the street streets moments ago um, grabbing a, a Kalashnikov rifle alongside civilians wow. because the fighting has gotten so bad. They got a microphone in front of him. There are bombs going off, and you can hear gunfire. This is what he said moments ago. Mr. President,
0: can you tell
4: me what you and the group you're with right now there are armed with, and what your intention is if the Russians roll uh, this in is the next few hours? Is,
5: just my assistance here, here. This is the short Kalashnikov. We have just, uh, let me see, maybe four in low uh, on the 300 uh, uh, members of the Battalion of the Territorial Defense. And we have uh, two machine gun, And we have uh, more or less, that's it. We don't have any heavy artillery, we don't have uh, tanks. We don't have an armed personal carrier because we launched this process just a couple of days ago. But, and we create that for the two days. This is the long line of the people who want to enlist it in the battalion, but we don't have enough arms for that. And this is the only limit why the civil defense, the normal, ordinary people, sometimes never been in the army, staying in line now to join us. Well, wow. You can hear he's breaking
1: down his yeah, voice. You yeah. can hear that there. He's saying there are people lining up. We don't have enough arms. We have four machine guns. We have—he holds up his, his rifle, his Kalashnikov rifle. This is not enough to fight Russia. They're going to be massacred. And this yep. is the former president of Ukraine, uh, Proshenko, out in the streets with these other men and women because they are <laughs> under attack by Russia.
4: So let me just leave you with one last thought, and it—and it's this: We often thought, and having—and all of us here were part of what we thought was the end of the Soviet Union. Yep. Uh, we watched Reagan and Bush and others uh, dis, disaggregate. What what had been the Soviet communist state, but you have to remember that Putin is a carryover from that state. He is a former KGB agent who was clearly uh, bought into that entire philosophy. This is Hungary, 1956. This is Czechoslovakia, 1967. This is the way that the Ukrainians are responding. to it. This is Poland, 1980, 82. This is the way that the Ukrainians are responding to this. Rightly, is that this is like a Soviet style overrun of a contiguous country that was sovereign and I-, I will just say that it's it has tremendous dangerous downstream effects on what will happen throughout the rest of europe um, Europe is very, unfortunately, people have warned about this for a long time, but they are heavily dependent on the oil. They get 40%, uh, 30% of their oil from Russia. They get 40% of their natural gas from Russia. It's a dangerous moment, and, and frankly, what you need is a clear clarion voice from the United States leading a, a global alliance to say, this must stop, or you'll be isolated from the financial system, etc. Uh, we also need to obviously buck up all of our NATO allies because they're going to be worried. Every one of them is worried. Poland, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, all the Western, even the Western allies are worried. Uh, Russia, Russia has only two things, um, oil and uh, a military. And uh, that's a dangerous uh, combination.
1: Uh, Kurt, you were a retired Army infantry colonel. You were in charge of troops, 7,000 in the context of nothing. Sounds like it's a lot of people. I want to make that clear. But you're a military guy. 7,000 troops going to Germany is nothing.
3: Uh, It it really is. I was a uh, deputy uh, brigade commander, acting brigade commander of infantry brigade combat team. Uh, We had about 5,000. 7,000 sounds like a brigade. If it's Army, it sounds like a brigade plus some supporters. But here's the thing, Ben. You, You don't just send guys, right? You send you send formations. Formations have all the capabilities, they have the broad spectrum uh, battlefield operating systems because we it's just not guys with rifles or even guys in tanks. You have integrated artillery, you have integrated electronic warfare, cyber, you have all sorts of supporting elements. Uh, you know, our tooth-to-tail ratio, that is the, the guys supporting, the guy's actually fighting, is pretty high. You have several people for everyone who's actually carrying a rifle. So when they say 7,000 people, I mean, in La- when I was in the Los Angeles riots in 1992, uh, we had about 20,000 soldiers
1: on the street. In the riots, twenty thousand. Yes. the Los Angeles riots, right. we had
3: 20,000 on the street, and we killed one guy. I mean, and, and and this is you know, are we we're supposed to enforce Article Five of NATO, which uh, says you know you you attack a member state and. Ukraine is border's member state, so is Belarus, and Russia does too. Um, it's just not serious. I mean, when I was in Germany at the end of the Cold War, we had two armored corps. We had 500,000 service members over there. It was uh, a, a mighty force. We don't have anything like that now.
1: Uh, I, I want to go back to history because I think we should wrap with history. And I'm going to ask you, uh, I want to make it clear, there. there's a lot of parallels that will not line up. but. But the mindset that when Adolf Hitler was in charge in Germany, World War II, there were a lot of people early on. They're like, all right, well, if he just takes X and stops, we can live with that. Yes. We are witnessing the same exact mentality this time at the beginning stages of whatever this turns out to be, which is, all right, well, if Putin just takes Ukraine and that's it and doesn't mess with any other country and doesn't go and mess with the NATO nation— Oh, we've accepted it. Have we not? Like, it's clear Biden's accepted it. Even saying that the president of the Ukraine, the White House's position is as long as he's, quote, the legitimate leader of Ukraine. Those are their words. We will continue to work with him. You've killed him off. He's done. He's done.
3: He's done. Uh, These guys are sending messages that, hey, we're just stop. And if you have to overthrow the government, install a puppet government, that's fine. We can live with that. In fact, they can live with it and they're going to live with it.
1: They've already decided. They've already decided. They just in want to other make words, th- Ukraine is a sacrificial lamb. Ukraine and, is gone. And and you just say, hey, Putin, stop there and we'll be cool.
3: Yeah. Will he stop there? Remember, it is markedly different to cross into a NATO state. Is it? It is. No, in theory. They, hold on. In theory, well, in it's the, supposed to be.
1: Uh, but is it? Mean, I mean, you... Yeah, How many well, I, countries do you really think would go in and, and, and defend? That's a great question. A NATO state right now.
3: That, that's a great question. Estonia, Latvia, uh, Lithuania. Lithuania are, are the, the key ones. I don't think he's going to invade Romania. That's ethnically different. Hungary's ethnically different. Poland, Poles are tough, and I'm not sure he wants to bite that off. But um, the uh, uh, the Baltic states.
1: Uh, he, Anything who knows? where the people there understand Russia or speak Russian, or were
3: part of Russia, or
1: were part of Russia, the USSR is what he clearly wants his wants his hands on.
3: Uh, he will be he will be looking at those, and uh, you know, would I put it past him? And and would America go to war against a nuclear power over Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania?
1: We'll see. We we pledged to, yeah. But that doesn't seem to mean anything right now.
3: Well, the British are putting uh, armored forces into uh, the Baltic states right now. So uh, we, ha- we have some forces there, But uh, I guess as a tripwire. But we have to see what's going to happen.
1: Let me give you the latest. The Ukrainian capital was hit by rocket strikes overnight with reports of fighting in the suburbs this morning. Ukrainian foreign minister described the rocket strikes in the capital as horrific, saying the city was, had not suffered such an ordeal since 1941 when it was attacked by Nazi Germany. That's what he's saying, that's the latest. Ukraine defeated the evil That evil, excuse me, and it will defeat this one. Stop Putin, isolate Russia, uh, and all ties. Kick Russia out of everything, is what Ukraine's leadership said. Ukrainian President Zelensky made similar remarks when he addressed the nation early this morning, saying Russia was operating military aircraft uh, and said that they were fighting back. He told Ukrainians in his address, terrible explosions in the morning sky over Kiev bombing, hitting a house fire, all this remains Reminds of the first such attack on our capital, which took place in 1941. Clearly saying and trying to connect it to what they're referring to as I guess, World War Three. And what is the world going to do? Joining me now to talk about this is a man that is—he's uh, he, in the fun part of life right now. <laughs> he was in hell in Congress <laughs> in Georgia uh, for years. Doug Collins. He's now a colleague of mine in the radio world and. Uh, Doug, this is why I love CPAC, because guys like you and I get to hang out, talk. And uh, yesterday I was like, dude, just come on and let's talk this out. I I, want to talk specifically on the sanction game of this. And you've dealt with sanctions in Congress. You've had to deal with sanctions in Congress. Um, I was shocked that this president didn't do sanctions as soon as there was a buildup around Ukraine. And go maximum sanctions at that point so that Russia could actually feel the effects and think about it before they went in. I don't understand this after the fact when it was clear what he was going to do. And we were warning, by the way, for, <laughs> for nine days, he's going to invade, he's going to invade, he's going to invade, he's going to invade. Well, if you know they're doing it, then why wouldn't you immediately say it's very clear that he's going to do this and we're putting sanctions now until he backs his military up, and this is going to be used as to, to, to remind him of what life's going to be like. And he didn't do any of that. He bungled the whole thing. No, and he made it yesterday. That was the most. I,
6: I, I, there's there's a lot of clarifying moments in presidencies. And, and, and there's some that are, and for this administration, any clarification is needed. But when he said yesterday, well, we knew they weren't going
1: to work. We knew they weren't going to work. I mean, and, and he said, I played it earlier when we started the show. He even said, well, we 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 knew that this wasn't going to we, we didn't think it was going to be a deterrent.
6: Right. OK, well, the, then what would be a deterrent? Let's discuss. And here's what they did. Biden took himself out of the playbook here. He gave if you start back, this is a year process. As soon as uh, Biden came in, one of the, he undercut our energy uh, independence. That then made us dependent uh, on the foreign oil sources. we were now not an exporter. we were an importer. That put Russia in the controlling uh, mechanism. here. We get about 10%, roughly 5% of our oil from them. Most people don't realize that. We did. Then at the same time, as he started building up, we were pulling back into this liberal mindset of, oh, if we just diplomatically talk to people nicely, oh, they'll be good. What was Putin doing at that time? He was pulling his money out of dollars. He was putting them into European bonds. Can you imagine this? They're already dependent on him for or for energy. Now they're dependent on, on the bond situation. He was preparing for this all along. So when it comes to the point of, you know, what are we doing? The best thing we could have done was the deterrent he didn't want to do. And that was you just start dumping as much political, I mean, uh, military equipment into Ukraine as you can. You don't have to send our troops. You send them the javelins. You send them the ammunition. You send them. That's what would have stopped it because Putin then was like, "Ooh, we're gonna have body bags coming back. A lot of body bags coming back." That's what that's got out of so Canada.
1: effective. That's exactly.
6: You know, so the and,
1: and, and I want to dive into the effectiveness. If you know, there's people that say, and I understand it. We we have a uh, exhaustion, I think, in, of war in this country. Yep. Twenty years in Afghanistan, people, especially younger people, just want this kumbaya ideal that no one, love everybody, don't shoot anybody, (laughs) it doesn't work in the world. There are good and evil, there are good guys, there are bad guys, to make it very simplistic. Um, But I think when Putin also saw, and I I think the the moment he decided, I'm going to put back as much of the USSR as I can, that they're going to allow me to, was the moment he saw the TV and and what was on TV. And what he saw on TV was American troops Mm -hmm. looking at American citizens. 60 feet away, 30 feet away, 40 feet away at that tarmac, and we didn't go get him. Right. And he realized in a very clear moment, holy crap, America won't even go 60 feet for their own guys and is taking orders from the Taliban. Mm -hmm. I can do whatever the hell I want to do right now, and I've been waiting for this Manifest Destiny moment and now is my time to go. I, I don't disagree. I,
6: I think in time, you know, and, and you've looked at this as well, his poll numbers, and, and again, polls are a snapshot in time, but, but Biden's poll numbers are terrible. They never were that grand, but they're terrible. It, and many people say well, it's because of all these you know, liberal policies. No, it's, it's Afghanistan. And I'll tell you why I believe that it's not only a, a moment for the world that Putin saw and others saw, um, but it also for Americans. Americans of every stripe can tolerate a lot of what i will call bad policies here but they cannot tolerate america looking bad on a world stage think yeah. about it uh jimmy carter uh, iran you, you just go look at it. any of those times that's when that we solidify and say whoa, whoa, whoa we're we're changing this and so when you look at this he saw that opening he saw that 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 will but americans are saying look we're, we're tired of this and now again we see the results of this not only from putin where we didn't do what actually works. That's the part that with this administration I don't understand. And and then you have the Secretary of Defense yesterday. Did you catch this where he said that uh, we'll support Zelensky as long as he's the viable leader of the government?
1: What is that You just mean? killed him. Right. You, did, you just you, killed you, him. You, you, yeah, as long as he's the viable leader.
6: Yeah, so what are you going to do after that? And right. then he said, oh, we're going to continue to supply ammunition and stuff to the Ukrainian people as best we can.
1: You look at energy issues, mm-hmm. and that's where we gave right away – when Biden came in, a huge advantage of Vladimir Putin, because not only did we say, all right, we're cutting off our Keystone Pipeline because that's what we do. We're going to force people into green alternative energy, and we're going to destroy the country in the process, which is exactly the same thing they did under yep. when he was the vice president under Obama. History repeats itself. If you remember, the energy guys... Literally, we're on the record as saying, we need to have gas prices in America the same price they are in the UK to force people into electric cars and hybrids mm-hmm. and all these things. When they said that, and this is back in 05, I yep. think if I remember right, 05, that would have meant the gas then was $6 or $7 a gallon. Because remember, they'd sell right. liters over in the UK and they were saying, well, that's what we need. That, that's what we need to do. So you come in here, you immediately shut down. But then we rewarded, and, and I don't think other people understand, the pipeline coming from Russia. You have the background on that. So explain to people this yep. pipeline, why it's so important to Vladimir, and why mm. did we just like say, do it?
6: Well, that that was the the real question. That many in Congress, both Democrats and Republicans. I mean, this was one that because what now Russia is is you just have to understand we many of us of a certain age have Russia. We have the Rocky Four mentality of Russia. It's the it's the old Cold War mentality. Putin has brought that back a little bit, but what he has actually brought it back was the understanding that energy is their currency. Okay, it is the oil and gas that they send out, and especially to Europe, they have that controlling that market. So this other pipeline was basically going to make. Germany completely dependent on Russian oil and Russian gas. So when uh, we had fought against it, Trump had fought against it, Trump told Germany this is a bad idea, you're putting yourself in the wrong wrong suite of partners here. That was stopping that. But when Biden came in, here's the twofold difference. Number one, it allowed uh, the pipeline to continue at this point now, it's sort of been shut down, but it continued to give Russian dominance over Eastern Europe, over Western Europe uh, coming along. But it also took us out of the picture as well of being, we were starting to import our export into uh, Europe. Right. So, again, it goes back to this idea that Democrat or a liberal function is we use government's coercive power to force social change. And this, you can't get away from that, Ben. Liberal doctrine says I use government not for the powers of protecting the country and safe and domestic tranquility. We use it to force opinion to change to what we want. And that's how they did it, and they've had to, they had to raise gas prices. So they cut off the pipeline, the XL pipeline, They've uh, dealt with the leases, which they have. You know, Grand Home, Grand Home is the biggest security risk we have right now. She Explain is, that. She is the Energy Secretary, and she is in controlling of the federal land leases and the federal oil and gas leases, and which they, by the way,
1: about two weeks ago stopped. Right, and, you know, and so people understand the context of this. When Donald Trump was president, what he said was, "We're going to lease. Yes. We're going to do the lease because we're going to be energy and independent, one. and we're going to make sure that we are not owned by the Middle East and making our, our, our the people that want to destroy us rich." Including Russia, and we yep. had an energy independence policy that was also very responsible. Yes, it was not; it wasn't just go drill a bunch of holes in the earth and just whatever we find, which is how the media, of course, tried to frame oh, yeah. it. It was done a very responsible way, right? And it worked. Look at the gas prices; they don't lie. It yep. worked. As soon as Biden came in, he went right back to the Obama policy, yep. which was shut everything down, don't lease to anything, anyone, or anything. And get all of our oil from foreign countries. Yeah.
6: Third, the third Obama administration is in, in fact in that in that process. When you have, it, it, did it just not disturb you when you had the president of the United States t- and also then Gen Saki, Miss Circleback, who kept saying, "Well, we're we're dealing with our OPEC partners to see if they can help us increase the flow." Uh, excuse me. Yeah. You're going back to the same ones who fund terrorists around the world? You're yes. going back to the same you're ones. Going,
1: not just the ones that fund terrorists. You're going back to the ones that have actually helped kill Americans. Exactly. In the Middle East when we are there.
6: And as a 20-year veteran of the United States Air Force Air who was in Iraq in 2008, no. Uh-uh. We need to get that back here because here's what happens. Think about this. Does anybody deny in the world that we're the best in intellectual property? Does anybody deny that we have the, the most motivated workforce when we want to do something, we get it done? Our manufacturing schemes, everything there. What we were lacking Eight years ago, which we finally gained under Trump in those last few years, was we needed our, we, we could handle labor costs. That wasn't an issue. It was the energy cost. And we finally were getting our energy costs to where we could then begin manufacturing again. Folks, if you're having trouble understanding this, let me break it very simply for you. Jobs. We could start manufacturing stuff here in the United States again which because of we had
1: jobs because we had our energy prices go. low enough that we could afford to manufacture. That's right. Instead of having to outsource it to places like China. Yep. And so it was bringing back American workers and those in the factories because of the energy prices were enough where it was, okay, I can afford from an energy perspective to make this widget.
6: Yeah. It's so simple, it's hard for It's so simple, it's it's, 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 so
1: simple, it's, it's frustrating because it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just, okay, if it costs me X to make this because my energy costs are X, then I have to go overseas to make it. It's cheaper to ship it in and import it in. Huh. And, and because this this variable every month is changing, and I can't afford the variable, which is the energy cost. So once you got the prices down and they were consistent, you could then expand and grow.
6: Here's the problem that I'm having right now, also with Ukraine and in the sanctions and whatever else you have. It's not just affecting Russia. Russia is pretty well insulated the short term from some of their – I mean, look, this is not a country that is used to extravagance in many ways. I mean, you got the oligarchs, you got the right. others, but the average person in Ukraine, yeah. or average person in Russia, Russia, yeah, no, they're not. So what's it going to turn? It's going to turn and affect us. And this is the part that I don't think the Biden administration has been honest with the American people about. When you start, you know, being dependent upon foreign oil, when you start being dependent on a, on a, a structure that is, uh, you know, detrimental to us, then inflation, which, the, by the way, they have no clue. I don't even know if they know how to spell inflation in the White House right now. If you to hear them talk about it. They don't care. And then to hear Jen Psaki say, well, to, to, to help our principles move forward, we have to sacrifice something. Well, excuse me. What principles you talking about? Right, here?
1: Right, and, and, and does everybody agree with those principles? Yeah, It's like dictatorship. It's
6: not universal here, and, right. and so we're looking at this, and so you're looking at you know probably four dollars, four fifty in the next uh, you know within the next you know probably thirty days because it always goes up quicker than it comes down. But we're seeing that, but there's no long term strategy at this point. Have you been? I've not. We both been down here, at CPAC, but I've looked. I've not heard the president mention one thing about energy on our side. He's talked about it other places,
1: well, but he's not mentioned just it just like all. when he went to strategic oil reserves and said, I'm going to release some. You and I both know that was like a one to one and a half day supply. Yep. You know who for, got most of our, that, by the way? For our consumption. China. Yeah.
6: Because there's oil we could... Here, I talked to some oil company folks. They couldn't use the oil. It was of the grade that they don't use because of, by the way, regulations. Right. They had to ship it to the export market.
1: I want to talk... Also about thing I think is very important, and that is the context of Ukraine. Democrats were trying to undermine Ukraine and, and Zelensky, I think, even before Biden got in the White House, because they were angry that Zelensky came out and so said there was nothing wrong with the phone call with Trump, if you remember right. they're trying to impeach hope. Trump over that phone call. I also think that Biden was very angry with Zelensky and, and, and Ukraine for the way that they treat his son right. and what happened there with that corruption investigation in Burisma where his son was on the board. And I do think that some of this probably was just personal when he came into the White House, where it's like, you know what, I don't really like this Alinsky guy that much. I'm not going to be buddy-buddy with him. Yeah. I'm don't. i not making the cash, my, The uh, I call it the, the Biden crime family, yeah. off of Ukraine. So I'm not going to help you guys out that much. And it maybe got out of hand to the point where we took our hand off them so much that Russia realized there was an opportunity there because we'd be asleep at the wheel because it was over his damn son and Burisma. Exactly. Well,
6: we, we got to a point where... I mean, how many times in a political time do we talk about a different country and Ukraine kept coming up in everything for the last three years? I mean, everything we did. So I think there is some of that in in that uh, also with the entanglements that the Biden family had with Ukraine beforehand. You know, this is an issue. But I think that that does play into it when you look at it it is a possibility of why there was sort of an apathy, if you would. It was just like, oh, well, you know, we'll get there. We may get there. But while we saw everything building up and now the Ukraine, you know, they just view it as a a non-entity and say, oh, it's always been there. So we're not going to deal with it. And I don't have to I don't have to answer the question anymore. Think about it. And I'm going to take off your premise. you, You laid out if Ukraine sort of goes away. All that old goes away too. all of it. Yeah, because nobody's going to talk about it anymore. Right. Because so they're a puppet state. They'll be Belarus. I mean, so it, it's definitely something to think about, at least to consider when you look at it from the apathy standpoint. You
1: know, even in, when you were in Congress, um, this, the, the guy's most successful moment in, in his political career was eating a bucket of chicken in Congress. Yeah, Ch- that made my book. Yeah. Chicken Little. <laughs> I mean, literally, Steve Cohen. Yeah. Uh, I love saying his name on the radio because you know he's he's a paranoid guy. Do you know this? So so he pays for a clipping service that monitors all broadcast shows. So every time I say Steve Cohen, he reads about the next day. It's the first thing he gets on his desk. It's a true story. <laughs> so if you're ever just bored on your show, just okay. refer to Chicken Little. Yeah. Steve Cohen, U.S. Congressman Steve Cohen, and immediately next morning, he will read what you said.
6: Okay, well, Steve Cohen. This, this right now. Yeah. He yeah. will read this tomorrow. Here we go. Steve Cohen, Doug Collins again. Hey. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, by the way, you brought the chicken bucket, made yourself look like a fool. Yeah. And then also, at my, let's remind the world that you were undercutting Zelensky while he was a foreign leader because you didn't That's like him. That's what I him.
1: was going to. He was in Congress, Steve Cohen, undercutting Zelensky, and, 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 and remind people what he said.
6: Yes. He basically, when we kept bringing up the fact that Zelensky said there was nothing wrong with this call, I did not feel pressured, Cohen basically said that's the same thing a battered spouse says. He's calling a war elected world leader, whether you like him or not, an elected world leader. Who's who had, fighting Russia. Who's fighting Russia, actively fighting, fighting Russia, Russia at the moment. That was three years ago. Right. Now is in, in, in called him a battered spouse. And it, that's
1: Steve Cohen for you. Get a guy that's fighting Russia.
6: Thank you for the district in Memphis
1: that keeps electing me you. You can't make it up. Nope. You, you cannot you <laughs> cannot make it up. Lastly, um, you look at now, what options do we have as a country? What options is Biden have? Because I've always said this. I never root for a, a president to fail on national security right. issues and foreign policy. But he's now admitted the sanctions were never meant to stop him. Yep. It seems like we're more than happy to make sure that Ukraine goes fully under control of the USSR. Right. If... Putin moves forward and goes somewhere else, which I think if he sees no resistance to Ukraine, there's he's more likely to say, what country do I want next? And and he's threatened the world with nuclear war. Oh, yeah. What are our options now? The, the, the best
6: thing that could happen right now is, is Biden take a long, serious look at, at some of the, you know, listen to both supporters and detractors and say look what was some of the one common thing is energy and i think so maybe the best thing look the ukraine is going to sort of end up where it's at i mean putin controls those strings at this point i'm worried about iran china north korea those are all going to be set there We're have, what can we do what's the self-evaluation self-evaluation point is 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 what caused some of this and energy are becoming dependent instead of independent energy would hopefully be the best thing that could come out of this putin's not going back away the sanctions we know are not going to work if he gets in and out quickly And then goes back to this well we just did this to protect you know then he's going to end up getting what he wants and also probably benefiting on the backside. we've got to decide how can we stop this in the future because then the next step is nato he bumps up into nato any way he goes there do you that's a problem do
1: you think we defend nato states honestly you know you listen to prime minister uh in the uk and he made it clear that military is an option if you screw with any nato state And, and and I think what Russia's response to Putin is, uh, I'm not afraid to nuke anybody. Right.
6: Well, and I think here's the thing. I think UK, the UK and the US will will be the the front runners of NATO always. You have the French, who God only knows what they'll do. You have Germany, who has become apathetic to the world, very liberal, but also the most wealthy country who does not pay their own way. You know, it's it's like it's like Europe has this hangover, and if you've ever been over there and listened to them. They just want to say, we've lived our war, we don't want to live another one. and they're willing to do almost whatever it takes to stay away to from not, it. To not do to it, because they it. lived it. Yeah, so it, it's going to come back to us. This is why this is so important. This is why leadership is so important in the United States. Whether we actively pursue it or actively send, we're the ones that everybody else listens to. All
1: right, I want to thank all of our guests that have uh, spent time with us here at CPAC. Please make sure that you auto-download or subscribe to the show. Uh, please make sure that you tell your family and friends about the show and share it. Uh, on social media and i will see you back here again tomorrow two-thirds of americans are at risk to experience a blackout are you ready to protect your family well you could be with the patriot power solar generator 2000x this new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer so right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben.